Okay. And I'm the one. We're and I'm the one that. No, 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 no. And I'm the it one was, that's distracted. It's Cam. He just asked for an ETA because I gave him 30 minutes tops over an hour and a half ago. Hey Siri, play the Besties podcast. Now playing episode two of the Besties on Spotify. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Besties podcast. You're here with Tori from The Gong and Jasmina, the Caleb Marchbank girl. Jazz, it's been a week. How are you going? I'm very good. I feel like you and I have barely actually spoken this week. We haven't really, no. Other than Besties stuff, it's been pretty pretty on the DL. Yeah, so we should have a quick a quick catch up, don't you reckon? Bit of a catch up. How you been? What you been up to? Well, I went to Perth and I saw Harry Styles on Monday night and then I flew back to Melbourne on the red eye. It was the worst decision I've ever made. Guys, do not catch a red eye from Perth to Melbourne. The time zone will absolutely fry you. Um, yeah, so I caught the flight back and I watched him on Friday as well. Actually kind of clashed a little bit with our match sim, so I didn't get to watch it in full and I know... I know, guys, I'm a fake fan. I'm such a fake fan. But I did watch Drips and Drabs here and there while I was in line. I watched it all. I sat there with uh, my dad. We watched the whole thing. It was a good watch. It's mm. it's promising. There's definitely areas we need to work on. But you get to see a little bit of everyone. The VFL team slayed as well. The game straight I after. did see that. I did so see that. All- all promising stuff to my much enjoyment. Harry Mackay, he is looking dangerous to say the least. So that was a good watch. I think our new boys are looking really good. Lockie Cowan and Ollie Hollins. From what I saw, like I said, I didn't see the whole thing, but I did see enough to make a judgment. And I think Lockie will be playing in the first four weeks. I tweeted it. I said it already and I'll say it again. Within the next four weeks, he'll be playing. Shall we move mm. on to the main objective of what this episode's going to be? Yeah, you tell him, Tori. What are we doing today? So we have a special guest coming in. Queen Camilla, Twitter sensation, professional pot stirrer. How have you been? I've been great. I've, um, I've been really good. Thank you. We should mention that his name's, his name's not actually... Queen Camilla, it's Cameron. <laughs> no, legally it is. I've, I've just been married and I actually wrote that down on the certificate, so that's my name now. Camilla Queen Dempster. Camilla. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, I like it. Last week we had hashtag Tori from the gong. This week's going to be hashtag Queen Camilla. <laughs> yes. Yep, here for it. Get it trending. Get it trending. <laughs> so, Camilla, what's, what's your off-season look like? Um, it's just been, it's been, uh, pretty much wedding focused, really. Um, it's, uh, it was good to have that distraction because I was severely depressed post round 23 and, um, that's sort of all I was thinking about. Totally understandable. Yeah, it was tricky. Um, but then the wedding was good and then post wedding, I've just been straight back into it. I was, I was pretty disinterested, but um, I think as it was getting closer to those practice matches and stuff, I've, I've been getting pretty excited now. I think that's the feeling across the board. I think I'm the same. I kind of switch off like December to Jan. I just kind of do a bit of R and R, but it's picking up again now, so it's hard to ignore it. 
the supporter base as a whole, I think we all just needed that break. We needed to disconnect, recover, and then full steam ahead. We're ready to go. Round one, so close. So this episode's going to be our 2023 predictions. So we have a bit of a list. The year as a whole, 18 teams. It's a big year. We have an extra round. I'm actually so excited big, about that. It's a big year. I like I it. I think the more the better. We'll start simple. Who takes home the Brownlow medal? Jasmine, you, you go first. Yep. Me first. I said yeah. it in the last episode, so this won't be a, a surprise to anyone, and I was dead set serious. I think Patrick Cripps is going back to back. Camilla? King Cripper? Well, I actually I was thinking took Miller. But I think because he's probably going to miss the first couple of weeks, I'm actually thinking Clayton Oliver is going to win the Brownlow this year. I think Melbourne are probably going to be pretty hard to beat this year. Um, And Clayton Oliver is a very consistent performer. So I think he's going to win the Brownlow. My predictions, and I wrote this one down, I said I would love to see Walshy back up there. This all depending on when he gets in. But my problem with that is Kim and Cripper take votes off each other. But that's that's exactly why I said Patrick, because I feel like those weeks that Walshy will miss, Patrick will clean up. That would be unreal if Cripper won it. I think, like, if Walshy does miss the first three to four weeks, Cripper is easily our most standout midfielder. So he is going to yeah. attract those three votes. But... Um, well, I, I don't know. I'm hearing things. While she might be back a fair bit sooner than what was expected, so do we rest him? Do we let him get that full recovery, or do we just chuck him out there as soon as he feels fit to go? If he gets cleared, um, I just don't see the point in just waiting that extra week or two. Like, if he's good to go, totally get him out there. I, I say, totally if while she says go, we go, and I listen to that kid yeah. because he knows what he's doing. He knows his recovery. Hundred percent. All right. So great answers across the board. (laughs) Um, The next one, I want to start with this. I'm going to take the first answer. Coleman medal. I said this to Jazz earlier in the episode. You would have already heard it. But Harry Mackay is tearing the game another one. And I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. We haven't had a 100-goal goal kicker since, what, Buddy in 2008, right? Mm -hmm. Harry has the ability this year to tear the game apart, the size he's gained, I can't stray away from thinking that he can go another level. And that's not to say Charlie can't, but what I've seen of Harry, I just can't. I can't look away. Harry's muscles are huge. They're massive. They are. Have, have you seen? It, it's 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 next level. You can't. You cannot tell me I'm wrong. She loves that man. That's I so funny. That's funny that you've said that though, Tori, because I actually also had Harry down and I know it's a bit like we probably sound hella biased. Well, I do because I had Patrick for the Brownlow and Harry for the Coleman, but Harry is 110% winning the Coleman if he gets his drop punt right. It's funny because I have actually said Harry Mackay as well. Um, oh, it's it's done. Like, He's winning. I, Harry Coleman Mackay. <laughs> I think like it's pretty much similar reasons to you girls. I think last year he clearly well he was pretty interrupted. He missed what a, a month there in sort of the middle part of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that he and Charlie can work well together and they can both kick bags. And I just we've seen it. Can't 
Yeah, it just it works like that game against West Coast. They both had five, but he's just he's looking so fit. He's just seems like he's healthy. Um, it seems like he's done a lot of off season work about when he should choose to snap, when he should drop punt. Hopefully, he becomes a bit more efficient. The ball's going to be in his hands a lot. Um, and if you're going off the the preseason game, he just looks like he's going to clunk them. And who who has a defender that can man up on a 202 centimeter bloke who's got big pipes, strong, and he's very fast as well. So he's yeah, a he's a nightmare to match say, up on. I was going to mention the speed because there was a bit of a rundown. The ball ended up bouncing out of bounds. I think is what happened. It was. He dangerous. I have no other well, word for him. He's been he'd been working on that for a couple of years. He's um I remember seeing some content of him working with a sprint coach. Um and he's like he's quite fast and it just it makes me think I think it was against Hawthorne, I don't know, I think it was last year where he did a big chase down. Um he chased uh could have been Dylan Moore, I think, from about thirty meters back. Massive tackle right in the center of the ground. And I just think you add that to his the arsenal he's already got, all his weapons, he's going to be hard to stop. Who wins the premiership? Who takes home that flag 2023? Camilla? Um, look, I'm going to be real. As much as I'd love it to be Carlton, and I think we are capable, I yeah. think it will be the Brisbane Lions this year. I just reckon... The addition of Dunkley, Gunston, even McKenna, um, I just don't see how they can't win the flag. They've got such a good list. Unless they get decimated by injuries. I was going to say, they've been so close so many times as well. They have, yeah. I feel like it's – if we were – say we were doing this and we were mad Brisbane fans, I think we would just be – we would be walking around saying, yep, we're winning the flag. There's no way we're not winning it. But – that's. I think that's just what's going to happen. I think they're going to going to go all the way this year. I think Brisbane can be their own worst enemy. They've got the ability. They've got the personnel to do it to get it done. They're probably mm. the most exciting, one of the most exciting teams in the league when they're on their own. Mm. I'm changing my answer for Brownlow just while we're here. Lockie Neal. Lockie I Neal, Lockie yeah. forgot. Lockie Neal. Gonna he's too. gonna take it. Sorry, I'm changing my answer. Lockie Neal. Um, mm, I, sure. being the bias part and supporter that I am, flaggers all the way. I'm going to be the one to call it, just like I called Paddy winning the Brownlow when no one else thought he would. I think if we make finals, if we make top four, there is not one thing that's stopping us. Put Patrick Cripps in the, the scenario where it's flag or go home. Mm. Sorry, we're taking it. And oh. Goosebumps. Exactly. Yes, but put it into the universe. If this is a prediction, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But if I can just put it out there, just put it there, then it's it's a possibility. Mm. Yeah, the universe works in a funny way. It does. Mm. Okay, the big one, the top eight. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Jazz, say, Jazz, you look ready. Yeah, I'm. I'm so ready. Um, so. I think it's going to be a really, really tight top eight. I think you need to win every single game. There's going to be, like, no leeway anywhere this season. I feel like there's so many teams that are pushing, especially for that top four position. So, for me, I had Brisbane finishing on top and then Geelong a close second. 
my top four has Melbourne third and us fourth. And then I've got Richmond, Collingwood, Sydney and the Doggies. And I feel like the Doggies will sneak in. It's in between the Doggies or Port Adelaide for me. I don't know why. I've just got this feeling that Port Adelaide are going to are gonna push a little bit. I don't see Collingwood finishing top four. They can record this if they want and show it to me at the end of the season. I don't care. But I don't see them finishing top four. I think their fantasy land time is over. And I'll follow up because our top eight are very similar. A are they actually? Orders. It's very similar. And the last bit you said just was like, oh, Jasmina. So I had Geelong on top. I just still think they're too good to drop. Uh, Brisbane second. We put Carlton third because go big or go home. Melbourne fourth. So our top four is the same. It's the same. Yep. And then I had Richmond, Sydney, Port, Collingwood number eight because I didn't want to put Collingwood in, but I don't think they have the magic la-las that they had last season to take him up top. I definitely think they make the eight. Don't get me wrong. They're actually quite a strong side, but I don't yeah. I don't know about the top four finish for them. I just It's not for everyone. But I definitely <laughs> think, because you mentioned it, Doggies or Port, I don't think Doggies yeah. are in this year. Port, I... Was- I uh, they could go either way again. Mm. If they have the start they had last season, then there's not nothing's going the for thing, them. But if they can start the, it better, they they're pushing. The thing that um, I'll get to mind in a sec, just on Port Adelaide, I think they're they're just like a mid team. Like they got like their four line is very boring. Charlie Dixon has probably had one good year in his ten year career. Like, who's kicking their goals? Razio Fantasia probably is fit three times a year. I just can't see them really pushing to make the top eight. While we're on the topic of Port, make sure you head over to YouTube, subscribe to the pair. Um, he's just recently done an AFL 2023 season predictions video as well. So go check that out. Find out where he's put Port. Find out where he's put the Blues. It's definitely worth the watch. So I'll, I'll get into what I've got. Um... I've actually got the exact same order of top four as Jasmina. I've got so I did I did the squiggle ladder, ladder predictor. So I've got Brisbane um, clearly on top with twenty wins. Yeah. And I've got uh, Geelong and Melbourne, and then I've got mm-hmm. Carlton fourth. Then mm-hmm. I've got uh, Sydney fifth, Richmond sixth, Fremantle seventh, and Collingwood Ooh. eighth. Ooh. Um, so Ooh. I. I will say Ooh. Fremantle to me, I think they've got some issues going on there. I've just watched that show on Stan this week. I think I there's some culture the issues thing. down there. I think John Longmire, he might rub some people the wrong way. I wouldn't be surprised if we were to mm-hmm. swap Fremantle with someone even like the Gold Coast Suns. I, I've, I've got them sitting in ninth, just missing out on percentage to Collingwood. Jasmina so, just made a knows? face, but I somewhat agree. I feel like Gold Coast showed some promising development last season, that they are that team. If there's three or four teams sitting under the eight and it's depended on the last couple games, they're in that that group that's pushing. I them, think so too. Bulldogs, Port, Frio to me. They're the ones that are pushing. Pretty much. I think from 5th to 12th, take a pick out of a hat, honestly. I think yeah. Yeah. there's so yeah, many teams that there's so many teams that could either finish 5th or 12th 
And I hate to say it, I feel like that could be us in that category as well. I've got here, I've got Collingwood finish, finishing eighth on 14 wins. Now, because last year we had 12 wins and we still missed finals at an extra game, you've got to maybe win 13 at, at a minimum to make the top eight this year. And 13 by a good margin if you want to have a strong enough percentage to hold your place. Like exactly. It's, it's exactly not right. going to be easy. Like I said, it's no, going to be it's a going to very, be tough. very tight. Yeah, it's going to be so tight. And like you said, you, there's not going to be any games this year where we can have an Adelaide at Adelaide Oval game or letting Hawthorne come back and only winning by a point. There's we've yeah. got to win. And you know what? Like last year was our year to show that we're actually close and good enough. There's no excuses this year. If we don't play finals, it it, it just will be a disaster. Pause on that because I had this written down that something we we're going to talk about and I was going to do it after our Carlton predictions, but I think now's the time to do it. What happens if we don't make finals this year? On a personal uh, level or what? Where do you where do you stand? <laughs> a bit of both. Give me both. Me I'm, and Jazz have talked about this before. so Look, on a personal level, I don't think I'll be able to handle it. I've been going to the Gang Styles 4. I've been a member for 22 years. I have not seen anything. I've seen the one Richmond elimination final win that was unreal and an out-of-body experience, yes, 100%, loved it, great, would do it again. But other than that, I haven't had anything that I've experienced where it's genuinely sat with me and I've remembered it for a really long time. I'll tell them all now, if Carlton don't make finals, if Carlton don't make finals, the besties is like we're cancelling the besties. Like it's not coming back. This is a threat. (laughs) Yeah, this is a threat with pitchforks and fire, okay? Like, we're serious. For me, I've only lived within an hour of Melbourne to go to the football for the last three years. I used to travel up from uh, Horsham, which is about three and a half hours away, during those 2015 to 2017, 2018 years, which were very ugly. But I still used to go. And to be honest with you, it's sad. One of the highlights throughout those years was – only losing by 20 points to Collingwood. And it just shows the level of mediocrity that we've been used to. And like now, I am just not going to accept anything less than playing finals. I think if we were to miss, um, I could sit here and say, nah, I'm done, but that'll get close to round one again the following year and I'd be right back in again. But I just think... If we don't play finals, I don't think it means that, oh, let's sack Voss, um, no, you know, let's get a new coach. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's just – it's hard to even think about that as an outcome because I am so confident in the group of players we've got this year. The only way that I can see us not playing finals if we get absolutely decimated by injuries and then you could probably – reason with yourself and say, yeah, oh, look, we had this many players. If we've got a full list, I don't see us not making top four. We've we're just we've got such a talented group of guys, I just I can't even fathom not playing finals. And the depth, my God. Yeah. That VFL game said enough to me. The best teams they're always their VFL teams are being strong. Richmond, Melbourne. Yeah. VFL yeah, team's which, been strong. Looks like ours are strong now too. Which we showed promise last year. They got into the mm. finals, VFL finals. Yeah. But that game they played the other day, I think it's a sight to see. And I'm glad we've hit that point of depth. Um, let's just hope the injuries don't ruin that for us. 
and and one thing on that depth too, and one thing to our VFL side, how good is it? In the last two years, we've seen Jordan Boyd and now Alex Sincotta. I can't really say his last name. We've got yeah, two no, guys that have come in that I look before Jordan Boyd's injury. I was hot on him, and after seeing Sincotta on um, Friday, like uh, I think our VFL team has now put this carrot in front of these guys and said, if you guys can prove yourself. You're not just here to play VFL. There's an opportunity for you to play AFL, and I think that's making our VFL team better as well. It's making our selection team a very yeah. hard job. In saying that, we'll move on to our bagger predictions. I was going to start with BNF, but we'll come back to it because I think that's more of a finishing prediction. What? Who's your player? player to watch this season? Oh, everybody already knows my player to watch. I don't know why. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna waste a bit of airtime. Why not, Caleb? Caleb Marchbank girl, tell us who your player to watch is. <laughs> Look, to be honest, I'll be like, I'll be completely frank with you. If Caleb gets through the year uninjured, he's the player to watch. He's the guy that we need to watch. He he has got so much versatility. He's probably one of our most versatile backmen, and we miss him a lot when he's not out there. Um, you actually don't realise what you got until it's gone. And when he comes back and he plays at full strength again, you'll all be like, wow, I forgot that he could do that and I forgot that he was that good. He was pushing AA before he, his original injuries a couple of years ago. 100%. So I think he's going to have a Charlie Kerno type comeback. You know, everyone goes, he's finished, he's finished, he's done. If Caleb gets through this year unscathed, which he will, because I've told the footy gods that he is needs to, that that's what needs to happen. He's the guy that everybody should be watching. After seeing the practice match the other day, Josh Honey, don't know where Ooh. that came back out of, he played a decent game. Like he was everywhere. To me, um, I think it'll be a bit of a who gets in that forward line kind of pressure between some of the other smaller forwards. But he played a game that I thought, crap, I forgot he can play like this. Um, my other one player to watch is Jordan Boyd. I, again, think this kid has so much promise for our back line. So I really can't wait for him to come back in as well. Mm. So uh, it's been a little bit disheartening. I obviously think about these questions all the time, even months ago. Um, and I had earmarked Jordan Boyd in this sort of prediction. Uh, unfortunately, he got injured. And then I had Zach Williams. Unfortunately, he's now injured. Uh, Matthew Cottrell was also within it, and he is also injured. But, don't put Caleb um, in your list. Don't put. Don't no, you dare put no. Caleb in your list. No. Okay, so I'm gonna not put Caleb in my list. Um, but I think I've got some good juju now, and I'm feeling good about who I'm going to predict, and they're not going to get injured. I think now he did play 19 games last year, but Nick Newman, mm-hmm. I think he's someone that has flown under the radar somewhat, and yes, yes he's on the back end of his career. He's 30 years old, but he's yes. just, I think with Williams going out, I think he he just adds a nice bit of cool calmness, and I, and he also does not take any, any crap. Like he no. got in a bit of a scuffle on Friday, and I just love that sort of stuff. So I, I think he's going to be someone that plays a big role for us. Yeah, I agree yeah, on sorry. so many levels. I agree on so many levels. And yeah. you'll go back and watch some of the blue abroad that me and Jazz were a part of at the end of the season. I said it before, 
Nick Newman is severely underrated and we missed him more than people realize in those last few weeks when he um, hurt his knee. Yeah. He's just, he's been like such a good pickup. We got him for nothing from Sydney and consistently each year. He's actually been decent each year. Each year. Like he hasn't had a bad year. Like he's, and he hasn't really been super injured any particular year. He's always played roughly around those 18 to 20 games, but I feel like he's just sort of flown under the radar. But I think last year, I actually, with, you know, the way Voss wants to coach, I think he went to probably another level. And I can just see him averaging those extra two, three, four possessions a game this year and becoming someone that the fan base as a whole really acknowledges what he brings to our team. So the next one's our most improved. And I'll quickly jump on this one first because I mentioned it last. I have Lockie O'Brien continuing to show promise, continuing to grow. I think he just, he's hit that point now that he's just, with his experience, he's getting, he's finally getting it right. And I really like him in our side, especially, again, going back to the practice match. His left foot kick is just something else, especially heading inside 50. Special mention to Love for most improved, for sure. I agree with you, Tori. But I actually had Brody Kemp. Ooh. As someone that's going to, yeah, I've just got this feeling. I don't know why, but I feel like he's really going to surprise us this year. I think he's going to find his feet, and I think he's going to get a solid position because at the moment he's moving around a little bit. He's in the forward lines, in the back line. I don't I don't even think he really knows what where he needs to be. So I have a feeling he's going to find his feet, find his position, and he'll actually maybe play a few games this year. So I just have a really good feeling about him. I hope so. I, I I really do hope so. Brody Kemp has been someone like each year you've sort of been looking forward for him to take the next step. But I just like we've got um, a lot of key position depth now. It's like it's really hard to try and break into. But he's like he's that nice sort of mid side. So he really could. He could even come in and be like that third forward like Tom Lynch was yeah. for Adelaide. Like he could play that role. I love I, Brody Kemp. Yeah, he's good. He's got he's I got good him. attributes. It'd be nice to see him put it together. But my most improved, I I was tossing up between the lob and it's a bit left field, but Ed Kerno. Now I know he's been on our list for a long time, but I can see him playing a defensive forward role for us this year. And just I don't you know he doesn't have to kick 30 goals. But I think that he's someone that could just tackle everyone. He's fit as a fiddle and just put heaps of forward pressure on. I agree. I think Ed, he's still one of the fittest in the team, keeping up with mm. the young boys up front of their their running packs. Is he best 22? I, I, I think after seeing him, he was obviously picked in the starting side for Friday. I yep. can see his role, and I think he could still be an asset in the midfield. Like he's a he's a big body. He can add that sort of. He can be that lockdown. And you don't have to sacrifice someone like Hewitt to then go and play a lockdown. I, I still, I. It's funny to say. Twelve months ago, I said, "Nah, Ed Kerno is done," but I see a role for him. Like you don't he's have back. to have. You don't need twenty-two superstars. You need twenty-two role players, and Ed Kerno is a role player. I. 100% have the softest spot for Ed Kerno. So I would give anything to see him play again this year. Uh, and, and alongside Charlie. Yeah. I was going to say finals. that I I think there's something to me, something to me watching them play together, together. the Kerno yeah. brothers. Picture this. Picture this. It's, a, it's the first qualifying final. 
versus Richmond and, and Ed Kerno handballs it over the top to Charlie in the square and he smacks it through and we and he and that wins us the game. Imagine them two hugging each other going crazy. Like oh, I can just see I'm that. silently screaming right now. That's I have goosebumps. goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps. goosebumps. Oh. Let's talk BNF. I think what I think what we do is we all say who we F. put for third, or okay. we say who we put for second, and then, then we go go first all together. So my third place, I had a possible weeders in an AA season. The that would be the only person I could see stopping a Harry Mackay is a Jacob Weedering. And that's not gonna happen because they play on the same team. But how good would that I... make weeders like you know, he gets to he all off play season. On Harry. He's yeah. He gets to play on Harry and Charlie, and then he goes and plays on people that are probably only half as good. Of course, he's going to dominate yeah. this year. I yes. had, I also had Weeders, but I had a little bit of a sneaky Charlie coming in there a little bit. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. He's such a lovable player for starters. The coaches love him, but mm. I don't know. I just, I reckon he's going to be a little bit sneaky. I, after listening to the summer sessions, latest episode with uh, Adam Saad and Sam Durden, uh, Saadi mentioned that he thinks this is his best preseason. I just think he's, I think he's going to come third, clearly. I, I love Adam Saad. He's probably, yeah, he's probably just about my favorite player apart from obviously Cooper or Kerno, but he's just, I think he's going to have a blinder of a year. He was my like, third, fourth, when I was thinking, yeah. I'm like, it's one of the two. It's one of the two. I want to say Sardi, but I'll give Weeders the benefit of the doubt. Um, mm-hmm. I love Adam Sard. That man can play football. He's so good. I just like, like it just, there's, there's a few players that when they get the ball, it just makes me almost get to the edge of the seat. And when I see yeah. Adam Sard on halfback, when he when he does that little run and he handballs it, but you know he's going to keep going and he's going to get it back and then he's just going to hit someone on the chest 40 metres away. He's just – he's so good. Love him. He's, he's so entertaining the, to watch. And he's oh, probably he's the player. only – like one of the one of the blokes on the field, like you said, Cam, that I don't feel nervous when he's got the ball. No. I don't feel No, nervous. you trust him. Yeah, I trust him with my life. He always gets out of those real tricky situations as well, like – like, you know, say he's in the back pocket and there's three guys around, he can just run around and, like, do a little handball and sort of get out of trouble. Like, he's really good in those situations. Who is your number two, guys? Uh, so, number two, I've got Mr. Patrick Cripps. Me um, too. Me yeah. three. Look yeah, at it us. Was, it was, yeah, it was tricky not to have him as number one, um, but I think it says a little bit about the our sort of plethora of good players so and it's not it's not a bad thing to finish running up in the best Ferris. I think he's going to have another awesome year but just spotting him finishing second uh, yeah I had him I had him second as well I also had Cripper second and I wrote no doubt next to it nice who did you have first Tori I actually had Doc to take it home Doc Ooh, was yeah. so close nice. last year Mr. Consistent Doc, I love Cripper. Cripper won the brown though, but Doc was robbed. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, uh, it's a little bit left field, but I've got George Hewitt winning the <gasps> job. Me too. Medal. I had him nice. too. <laughs> I, had nice. I had put Doc. I had Hewitt. Hewitt was up there. 
and I took it away because I thought Doc deserves this. But Stuart, no, I, I agree I, with that. Stuart's a good one. I had Georgie Boy too, and I purely had nice. Georgie because he's such an in and under player, and the coaches love mm. that. He's a tough guy. He's mm. a good clubman. He's got all the attributes to be the BNF. I, yep. yeah, no, Georgie. I'm rooting yep. for Georgie. And he's another guy that just showed how much we missed him in those last couple of weeks. Like, he just, like you say, he just gets it done. Like, you know, he'll average 27 disposals a game this year, but he's just, yeah, he's so important for us as a team. And he, like you said, he gets noticed for by the coaches and that. I think, yeah, he's going he's gonna to take out the BNF. Well, that's, that's everything, isn't it, Tori? Thank you so much, Cam, for joining us on The Best Years. We've loved having you on. I'm sure we'll see you again throughout the season. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. And uh, just want to say awesome work on having your own potty, guys. You guys are killing it. You um, really make me cry. <laughs> All right. So before we go, we just want to give a special mention. Jazz wanted to say something. Yeah, I just I just wanted to quickly mention that Tori and I see everything that you guys say and we've heard everything, we've seen everything, we've read everything, we've seen all the DMs and we just want to say thank you so much for all of your support. It's been really nerve-wracking to get up here and be a voice um, but seeing so many women and Others get around us has been really, really, really encouraging and we are so overwhelmed by the support. So thank you so much for believing in Tori and I, but we we really, really do appreciate it. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of our 2023 predictions and we'll see you next Wednesday. Um, We won't give away too much for that episode yet, but it'll be another good one, the last one before our round one preview. So nervous. I could throw up. <laughs>